Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Smart Manufacturing Alliance. The Alliance supports manufacturing across the Cambridgeshire and Peterborough area and this podcast looks to share insights into key topics within the sector and hear from the industry as to what they mean in reality. We hope you enjoy it. We're very excited about this, our very first Smart Manufacturing Alliance podcast. And this is being released to coincide with National Apprenticeship Week. There's been a lot of news and developments in the last decade about apprenticeships and the range and opportunities they provide individuals and businesses. And that range has never been greater. But what does that mean for individuals looking at apprenticeship career routes? Or businesses who could benefit from running such a programme? Well, last week, I caught up with two people for one of our member businesses, Huxley Bertram, who have close-hand experience of apprenticeships. Huxley Bertram are a special-purpose machine and automation manufacturer based in Waterbeats in Cambridge. And last week, I spoke with Mark Jenkins, director and senior engineer at Huxley Bertram, who heads up their apprenticeship programme. But first, I caught up with Jamie Bruce, a young design engineer who joined the firm seven years ago as an apprentice and we discussed his journey today as an apprentice. So Jamie, yeah, um, just, to, just to kick things off, could you just explain when you joined Huxley Bertram and where that was in your educational career? Um, yeah, so I joined Huxley Bertram when, when I was 18. Um, I was sort of at a bit of a loose end, really. I didn't quite know what I sort of wanted to do. I know I, I did some uh, work experience while I was at school in, in a machine shop. Um, I, I remember, you know, that and, and enjoyed uh, working in that environment. So um, I went on the apprenticeships website and, um, yeah, I found the job opening for here, which... Um, which which was a was, was a post in in a machine shop and um, uh, with with extra training basically if I wanted to do it so um, and 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 had progression so um, that was that was a start of it all really and sort of seven years later I'm still here excellent must be enjoying it um, yeah. and that so that kind of first couple of years in terms of that apprenticeship what was that like from a, a studying and working perspective what how did you find that balance and how did that work for you. Yeah, I think it worked out well actually because it, it you you sort of got that practical uh, knowledge with working on the job, um, sort of in 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 the working environment and uh, sort of gaining an understanding of, of 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 engineering principles, and then you sort of had the college work that reinforced uh, some of the more academic stuff. So it was as as a sort of cliche sort of is, it's best of both worlds, I suppose. And did you find that as a you said you were a bit of a loose end. Was that an easier way for you to develop and study and have that practical hands-on learning? Did that help you flourish in that environment? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it sort of gave a purpose to what you were learning, I think. Whereas when you're sort of at school, I think you you know, you know, you do your various subjects and sort of have a rough idea of what you like and what you don't like. Whereas when you sort of work in industry and you're doing the college work and doing the education, which helps with the work you're doing in your industry, I think that that definitely benefited me anyway. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> and that manufacturing piece, you picked that because of work experience you did at school. What mm-hmm. was that a similar role to what you would you started doing at Huxley, or is is it what what was it about that that excited you and sparked your interest? 
Um, I think it was just enjoyed the practical side of it, really. And um, there was, we, it was at a company called JEB Engineering, um, which is out Milton Hallway. And um, they, they sort of had a, a machinist, uh, machining sort of training centre where they had a bunch of apprentices working in there. And once you got <clears throat> a certain amount of experience there, you ended up going into their production environment um, and uh, carry, doing different roles if you wish to, or you could stay in machining if you, if you liked as well. And I, I just think that the whole structure of that and seeing how different production processes work and how these different things are made did just interest me and uh, and and yeah I was just keen to sort of carry that on really brilliant and so your apprenticeship took you for what was that the first two years of your time at Huxley and what happened then after that yeah so I, I, I did the it was the advanced level three advanced apprenticeship to start with um, in, in manufacturing engineering and um, that was combined with the BTEC. So it sort of had two components to it. You had the MBQ and the BTEC. And um, the MBQ was sort of uh, work-based learning. Um, so you had an assessor who came into work. He um, sort of every, I think it was every 10 weeks. And um, he sort of set you different targets and, um, and then assessed some of your machining um, as that was sort of my route. Um, and then I ended up doing the uh, college stuff which was sort of more academic you had the maths you had the material science um and uh, sort of learning of, i guess about the principles of what, what you were doing really and um yeah so it's just it was uh that, that that was that was a sort of main part of it really so you had three years of doing that and then you had the higher apprenticeship which it was still you had the you had a level four h and c um, and then the level four MVQ and the MVQ was still the same thing. The assessor coming in, yeah. you were just doing the academic stuff at a slightly higher level. And then you just said, we were just talking earlier that you're moving now into a degree as well. So all on the on the same journey and, and the same opportunities. Is degree working in the same way, whereas a, a mix of workshop and online learning or classroom learning. Um, no, so it's slightly different now. Is there's not the 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 MBQ is not not part of this qualification. So that it is just I still have day release college, and I go in once a week into uh, West Suffolk College where um, I, I study engineering design. Brilliant. And so, so from the machine machining start, you're now working in the design world as well. So you've you've seen that progression in your own career in that very short window of that seven years to. To develop through uh, is that do you think that would have you'd have found that in any other way other than doing the apprenticeship route and having that exposure to the work that you did um it's, it's hard to say really um i mean it's it, it's it's set me up nicely in that respect um I, I think i would have probably ended up in engineering in some sort of capacity but um yeah i mean it's, it's certainly helped i can't you know i mean the company's been really good in that respect and supporting me in my education throughout yeah, brilliant. Uh, what what would you say to anybody that's considering maybe an apprenticeship or um, university or other other ways of, of learning? What what would you say to somebody that might be considering it? Would what what's your experience been in, as the overall overall piece? Um, yeah, you you get a, a rounded experience. So you get that academic and you get that sort of practical side within the business, which which is good, but. That you know, there is, I guess, the, the forewarning is it takes longer because you're doing everything part time rather than full time. It, it, it you'll be, you know, I mean, I'm, by the time I finish, I'll be studying for about eight or nine years. Um, 
So it, it's, it's whether it suits you really, and it suits me. But um, yeah, it's good. It, I can imagine that some people just like to get a degree done in three years and be done with it kind of thing. So I guess the benefit is you've been earning all the way through that as well, though, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, in, in that respect, it's, yeah, it's, been, it's, yeah, it's been really good. Brilliant. And if you're going to summarise kind of your role that you're doing now, what's, what are the things that you most enjoy about what you're doing and, and that journey over the last three or four years since you finished your initial apprenticeship? Um, I think I enjoy the variety. We do, uh, at Huxley Bertram, we do quite um, sort of uh, varied machine building work. So um, I've, I've actually had the opportunity to travel with the job as well. So I've been to places like Brazil and Canada um, wow. where we've done machine installs and machine modifications. Um, and, and and it's been, and, and like I said, the variation actually in the machines themselves. So you're not doing the same thing on a daily basis. Yeah, it's amazing. The opportunity to travel must be fantastic and seeing different parts of the world and how they integrate the machinery and, and just different cultures must have been fascinating. Yeah, no, it's a really good experience, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thanks very much for taking the time to have a chat. Um, as I said, we're doing this because of National Apprenticeship Week and it's a great opportunity to hear from somebody that's been on that journey and, and clearly still is on that journey in terms of learning and, and work and what it brings to to the workplace so thank you for taking the time and having a chat today um and yeah look forward to hearing how your journey continues going forward yeah no problem yeah thanks for your time that was terrific to hear from jamie and hear firsthand how his apprenticeship journey has really started his career on the right footing and now opportunity to talk to mark about what apprenticeships mean to huxley bertram and what their journey has been like um, and how they find that as an employer using the apprenticeship scheme as a recruitment tool and a retention tool for their staff. Uh, so the main purpose of Catching Up was really to talk about apprenticeships and just to get a bit of um, a bit of insight from you as, a, as an employer um, on your experience and and how you've found working with apprenticeships. Obviously, next week is National Apprenticeship <laughs> Week. Um, through the Alliance, we really yep. want to just kind of talk about some of the live examples and case studies of people's lived experience of apprenticeships and, okay. and yeah. what impact they've had on their business. So, I, I mean, sure. I've obviously I spoke to Jamie and we, we've had a chat, but uh, from a broader Huxley Bertram perspective, how... Has apprenticeships been something that you've been working on for a long period of time now? Yeah, so just to put in a picture, so I, I'm apprenticeship trained myself. Went right, okay. Many years ago, so I'm, I'm for, I've experienced it firsthand. And personally, I'm not being biased. I, th- I, I can see uh, the, the benefits of, of an apprenticeship. Um, uh, yeah, and I wouldn't be where I am today without the training I had. Yeah. Um, and when I joined the company 20 years ago, Huxley Bertram, 20 years ago, we had um, an apprentice. The company always tended to have one apprentice right. uh, any, at any one particular point in time. Um, so I sort of started, I took on the role of sort of managing the, the apprentices uh, through the business. And since then, we, we typically used to just look at uh, craft type. Well, I, I call it craft, I don't term it that anymore, but the, more the hands-on craft type technician workshop yeah. machinist style apprenticeship, apprenticeships rather than an engineering um, sort of higher apprentice <laughs> apprenticeship. 
and but but what I what I the company has done in developing um, is we've we've changed the, the that so that we've we've sort of sort of run in two types of apprenticeships through the company where one would be that craft style in my mind where you you know someone would come on board learn a lot of skills do the apprenticeship yeah. and would, would fundamentally end up being a machinist junior yeah. machinist or, or, or in, uh, go into production and 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 work as a technician um uh, and over the, over the years we since uh, that's one the second one would be um bringing uh, on junior engineers and young engineers through to designers and hopefully they progress to become you know, junior engineer engineer and senior engineer where they're very much instrumental in in doing the project management and the design of of the actual of, um, of you know of the work that we do yeah so, yeah uh, so the, the, there's those two areas um now there's there's those two sort of channels then there's the different disciplines within engineers so within the sort of that craft style you, you've you've got the you know the the technician and you've got the machinist areas and, and this is only you know i'm only likening this to the departments that we've got out here at huxley bertram so we would run an apprenticeship for technicians or apprenticeship for machinists um the other side of it on the engineering we've had uh we've, we've got three different sort of disciplines uh, in apprenticeship. So there's, there's sort of the core mechanical design. Um, there's an electrical um, design uh, apprenticeship that we, that we run. And there's also, um, we've done control engineer as well for apprenticeships. So those sort of three er key areas for our, our engineering department. Excellent. And I'm really interested in why is that, are you finding that really productive in terms of not only recruitment, but also retaining talent and seeing people develop through the business and develop their own careers in Huxley Bertram? Yeah. I mean, it's been, yeah, we've had some good, good individuals and uh, we've got a lot of good individuals. Um, we, we, we had one bad experience with an individual that um, we managed to drag him through by his teeth <laughs> through his apprenticeship. <laughs> Uh, so I, there was no way I was letting him leave without qualification. <laughs> we managed to get him through, and then within three months he had left the business. Uh, but he had his own thing going on. Um, but generally speaking, we're good at identifying uh, some some you know the, the individuals that are really keen. And you know we've got currently got uh, an engineer that was that um, is actually started off in the workshop as a machinist did a apprenticeship right. that way. Um, and then worked out and, you know, it's understood the drawings come into, we pulled him into the design office to do the uh, sort of a draftsman type system and he's developed into an engineer. We've got another um, junior engineer that, that's done similar things, so spent some time in the workshop. We do a rotation typically around the business, have some time in production, time in uh, the workshop, time in engineering. And in that instance, he, you know, fortunately, like the engineering side, um, and wanted to, to remain yeah. uh, and is developing really well as a project engineer and design engineer. Um, so, it, but we're, we're a bit unusual as a company where we, you know, our engineering department is, uh, you know, we have those dis the core disciplines of 
mechanicals, electrical control, you've got quality and documentation and project management. That's the, the you know, and any one engineer coming through the business may be, you know, they, they'll, they'll have a specialism in one of those areas or maybe yeah. that will be really good at several of those areas. Um, <clears throat> and we don't, you know, people want to develop in any of the other areas and great, they can do so. So, so it's special purpose, what we do, special purpose machinery. A lot of unique stuff goes on here. Um, and we like people, you know, it's a diverse set of work that comes through and we yeah. like people to enjoy the work they're doing. But obviously, we've got to be good at it. Got to get it done. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I think touching on, um, hopefully this touched on what, what you're trying to get at, you know, well, why do we do apprenticeships and things, is, is I find that as part of the core apprenticeship setup, if an individual, if someone wants to go into engineering, um, there's there's two key areas which I think will help them further down down the route, especially in design and manufacture of machinery where we're in. So, and I've always been in special purpose machinery myself. Right. Okay. Um, but so so I can only reflect on on that, you know, and it's not mass production. Yeah. Um, so so my experience really is, is sort of sort of um yeah what i would conclude from it is that if you want to develop a really good engineer they need an excellent foundation for which to start and i think that the apprenticeship that yeah i took a foot i had a first year in a training school at aerospace i know other princes had a year at training school it doesn't work like that nowadays it's now sort of day release maybe two days a week and on yeah, and and training on the job here. So we're fortunate yeah. enough we've got a workshop. So any anyone else doing an apprenticeship um, that's on day release may may or may not get the opportunity to learn on 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 the machines. So the the two core areas I think that which the foundation is absolutely necessary is uh, individuals need to get an understanding of materials, yeah, and material prop, materials and material properties, and they need an understanding of manufacturing principles and manufacturing processes and and as, as soon as you've got a really good grasp on materials and a grasp on yeah yeah how you can make something you know you what, what you make something out of and how you make something as soon as you get those two it, it, it pays dividends further down the line yes and i think from the conversation i had with jamie about his his career that that balance of on the job learning and that classroom learning was gave him that that foundation. I really got a sense from that conversation that he'd he'd taken that away and really benefited and given him that yeah. that strong bedrock to to develop yeah. his career from. Um, yeah, well, he he spent a long he spent you know a number of years in the workshop again. I think, and, and then we sort of pushed him out. So the whole of his apprenticeship, I think he was in his first apprenticeship. He was in the workshop, and then was yeah. started to dive, you know, push him out into production and, and design the design office. Yeah, no, and I think that again that um, that ability to move people through the business and, and develop that career, and I think one of the things that we want to kind of champion is those career opportunities for people going in to an apprentice apprenticeship route. You get to see some different angles of the business and different elements, but starting with that really strong foundation. But it's not yeah. you're not stay you're not going to stay in that role for the rest of your career. It's looking at how you progress through a company, and I say that conversation with Jamie and you yourself, Mark, are a great example of that. You say you say that, but they're, they're, yeah, you 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 know every you got to you got to bear in mind. Um, you know, someone once told me 
there, there are race horses and work horses, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 there is there an element of that's true. I think where you can you know some people uh, would be happy to just you know re remain as a technician or in the workshop, whether yeah. it's um, capability or, or you know, it, you know or, or just a general interest. I mean, I've had some really bright guys come here as junior engineers, and they've gone. You know, this really isn't for me. I want to do more with my hands. Right. And they've gone, they've gone back to, to uh, what I would term a sort of a, a craft sort of hands-on role, um, which is fine. Yes, yeah, what they what they enjoy. So then there are people like that in the world that want to do that. So not everybody wants to progress, progress, progress. And then and then there's you know, and and some people will want to you know s stay in that level and. It, to a certain degree, business needs stability uh, in all areas. So it is so painful when you spend a lot of time and effort developing somebody in an environment like the workshop, yeah. uh, machine shop workshop, then that individual go, wants to go and move on to another department. Um, so there is, there is benefits in still having those craft-style apprenticeships where people train and, and hone their skills in a particular area and remain in that area. And then further down the line, they can you know, see where the progression is. I, I get that. And then there are those people that actually you're using that workshop environment as a as the foundation and a springboard for them to go on to further things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't want to get too hung up on the, on the progression piece. I think it's that, I think... There's a having the ability if that's what you want and desire and capable yes. of doing, isn't it? Um, but it's doing that in the right way and and having the right employer sometimes that's able to do that and identify and and provide those opportunities as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Just on that business management piece as well, apprenticeships are um, probably very different to what they were 20 years ago. From a business's perspective, how do you find the management and administration and support that you get? through that process what does that look like for you um it, it it's been pretty good i mean it's it's changed it seems to change every year um in a in a way where uh, more onus is now put onto the employer employer about you know you've got to then you know, get all your enrollments in order it used to be supported you know um years ago it used to be supported by a chat with um is it uh Sim Simta? um its name now um it's many years ago and and basically they would do all that administrative administrative side of it right <laughs> and yeah. we'd deal with the guy internally and then he'd have his his um his his um sort of training instructor or mentor or whatever you want to call them tutor coming in and assessor yeah assessing them on a regular basis checking that the yeah, doing all the things from the academic side, checking that meeting all the requirements from the work perspective, yeah. uh, and checking yeah. where, where we've got the right balance between um, yeah. you know learning time and and on the job uh, on the job time as well. And um, that oh, that's pushed more now, I think, onto the employer. So we're having to do more monitoring. And and actually, what I find what I found interesting, we've we've typically used CRC, Cambridge okay. Regional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. College, um, and they've, you know, the people I've dealt with, they've been pr pretty good. I've had some, um, you know, reports, not so, not so colourful, uh, or good reports on some of the 
internal you know, um, set up where lecturers might not have been, uh, someone might have left the course and then the lecturers not had it, they've had a stand in for many months before any one of any substance comes in and actually you know, picks up. So um, yeah. this is not the reason why, but that we've just set up a new, another apprentice this year with um, uh, West, West uh, Suffolk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Suffolk College. So we've run in an apprenticeship through those guys. <coughs> now they they seem they seem a little bit different, and I think there's going to be more work for me <laughs> working with them. <laughs> um, th then it, uh, then I think I then I, I think I had with CRC. Now I don't know. I think it's the way the college. I think it's twofold. I think one, it's the difference in the college, the, the learning partner, and right. I yeah. and I think actually it's the individual that I've that I've. I've got as well. Um, the individuals actually come to us with some qualifications already. So, you know, it ticks a lot of boxes, um, which, you know, fundamentally means he's not going to have to do day release for lots of time. So it's, it's going to be all um, on, the, know, on the job rather than on, classroom. On this, it, it, well, he's going to be full. Yeah. He's going to be after the first year, we get over this year, you know, come, come the summer, he's going to be, for the rest of his apprenticeship, it's going to be at Huxley Bertram, which is really un unusual. But he's yeah, done yeah. the done academic side, um, so that it, it's it's um, as long as he gets a good foundation in you know with the in their in their sort of with fitting, welding, machine shop, turning, and, and milling and whatever, yeah, then that'd be great. But we can offer that to hit some of that to him here anyway. But I, I feel it's going to be going to be a little bit different. The one the one thing that I don't think has impacted, but I am aware of, is the way the apprenticeships have changed over the years. Whereby in recent years, um, the fra the framework structure is typically what we've been used to, and I think that was working really well. Um, now now that's switched over to an endpoint assessment, um, and the reports I hear about endpoint assessment tend to be. Um, someone would go to an apprenticeship, they'll get their qualifications. Once they get their certificate on their on their official qualification, not the apprenticeship qualification, but maybe an MVQ or a BTEC or, or, or yeah, the CI, CI, um, CI, what's the um, HR one? I should know. CIPD? Um, CIPD, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I, so I, hear, so I hear, hear a lot of stories where people will get their certificates to say they've passed a particular level in the academic side, study side, yeah. and then what not want to complete the apprenticeship because they've got this hanging over them. We've got this dark cloud hanging over them of having to do an end point assessment, which is rolling up all the work over the last six months, doing a presentation, putting it forward, and sitting down and justifying why what you did. <laughs> yeah. and, and and rightly or rightly or wrongly, I think I think if you've got somebody, if you've got somebody who's actually a racehorse, to quote, to quote yeah. what I said, yeah, who's switched on, they'll probably be happy to do that. But if you've got a workhorse, they might be less inclined to do it. And I actually believe that the pass rates on apprenticeships have gone down in the last couple of years, uh, or last year or so, and, and, and it might be partly to do with people not wanting to do the endpoint assessments. Yeah, and like, we, we all have those stories, don't we, people that were coursework and exams and um, I think people work differently and their heads work differently in different environments. Yeah. So that endpoint assessment I can see as being quite daunting. So I, I get why that, that would happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just, just a couple of bits to, to finish off, Mark, if that's all right. Um, yep. 
one for for a business that was out there thinking about going down the apprenticeship bringing into their business i guess two bits one from a, a management perspective and one from a kind of cultural business perspective what what are the what are the kind of one one or two pros one or two cons that you'd or bits of advice that you'd give to people that are looking at that within their own businesses um i th- I, th- I think i think it is a affordable method to get somebody you've got to be you've got to be um you've got to get the right people involved in doing it and we've been really fortunate we've got had some really good apprentices um but it's a it's it's an affordable way for businesses to really get them on the ladder of being able to develop somebody themselves to help them with their with you know in, in a way in a way that they're structured or the way they do things um within their own industry so you know, we, we, we actually have apprenticeships. We have summer placements. We do. We run internships uh, for graduates, graduate engineers, <coughs> and um, you know, this the the, the 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 in some some respect, you get a graduate on board, and they 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 they've you know, done that. They've done their education. They're, 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 they've done their academic education. Yeah. Uh, they now want to learn learn that not sort of a bit more on on the job, um, and. I actually, I actually find I think that that and someone that's gone for an apprenticeship that has that foundation level of understanding of materials and machining skills in my industry um, comes across um, as as perhaps being more knowledgeable than some even graduate engineers coming straight from college. Yeah, that's really interesting. Wow. Yeah, uh, and and it's not to say you know. There's, so there's an intellect thing, and then there's actually a bit of common sense and just the knowledge base. And I think somebody going for an apprenticeship comes out with so much more hands-on knowledge and ability than perhaps somebody that's that's done a degree. But there's, yeah, but yeah, I'm not knocking people with degrees. That uh, yeah, we've, we've got several <laughs> junior engineers here that are, uh, are really really clever and get on and they pick things up really good. So so there's a place for everybody. But if if yeah. Why would anyone start an apprenticeship? Um, yeah, it is affordable. Um, it's uh, it enables you to uh, to develop somebody to the needs of the business, uh, you know, and and that is like a, a lantern to be lit. <laughs> yeah, there's a piece in there, isn't it, about being able to mould that person into your way of working, Absolutely. like you said, within yeah. your business when you're making bespoke products in a certain way in a certain style that that needs to fit and develop within the culture of the business so yeah it gives you that opportunity to work with them I once heard it described as to mold, mold them I mold think, them yeah. out of the clay yeah yeah taking a, the yeah. raw ingredient with that like you said that best foundation and, and really mold them into the people that you want in the business which is which is really interesting and, and a real positive i think for apprenticeships for any business cool. I really hope you found that insight and those conversations really interesting, either from a personal perspective and your own career planning and thought, or as a business and what apprenticeships might offer you and your organisation. There's loads of support out there. There's a whole plethora of information out there. For information about the Alliance, please have a look at our website, which is www.sma-uk.com. 
www.smartmanufacturingalliance.co.uk. Get in touch, follow us on LinkedIn, search up Smart Manufacturing Alliance, follow us on Twitter at SmartMFGA, uh, connect with us on those socials, share any feedback you have on this, on this podcast, and we really look forward to you joining us and taking part in this conversation as the Alliance continues to develop and the manufacturing sector across Cambridgeshire and Peterborough continues to grow. Thank you.